What is up, good people? Welcome back to the Gas and Go podcast, a podcast for the people, by the people, and we're knee-deep in playoff mode, baby. The Cup and Xfinity Series ran through our home track of Richmond this weekend. Tons of fun celebrating our country, remembering everything that happened on 9-11, and getting a whole lot of Bass Pro Shops in Victory Lane. Uh, we got no guests this week after having Carson Hosevar on last week. I hope you all enjoyed that one. I really think the future is bright for that kid. Uh, back to the normal run of show, bumper sticker awards, news, talking some racing, talking some playoffs. I'm sure we'll be talking a bunch of other random things. So let's get the boys in here and get it going. Leading off, as always, our gas man, Papa Bear Dave. Dave, we had some epic flyovers this weekend at Richmond for both races. Give me your ideal flyover aircraft. This is uh, this is going to be a little unprecedented, I think, or maybe not everyone's favorite, but the, I want to say they're, I don't know the letters, stealth bombers, I think are awesome because you actually see the shadow, you see the plane, and you don't actually hear it until it is well beyond you. And I just think it is one of the absolute coolest things, just exactly how stealth those things are. Why would that not be a popular pick? That's like the most it's just, it's, awesome it's like aircraft It's like the anti-NASCAR. Because it's, it's not like loud and in your face. Like it's right, a, yeah, yeah. He's right. trying to start the straw man argument early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Dave going with the stealth bomber. Uh, I agree. That one's awesome. I think we've had one of those at a Virginia Tech football game, which was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring in uh, next up and actually last up this week, just the three amigos again, our analytics guru, Ryan, a.k.a. Rhino. Uh, Ryan, not sure you noticed this Saturday night, but it looked like Denny Hamlin's pit guys have award stickers on their helmets, much like college football teams do for scoring a touchdown or getting a sack. So two-part question here. A, is that as awesome as I think it is? B, what's the best helmet sticker going today in college football? Uh, absolutely. It's a great idea. I still remember playing high school ball myself, jealous of all the other teams that handed out stickers and we never got them. We, we were also terrible, so we shouldn't deserve them anyway. But the best helmet stickers going in college football, they lost to Oregon last week, but it's got to be the Buckeyes. They are synonymous with helmet stickers. I couldn't imagine it without them. I, I think Florida State has the Tomahawks. Those are OK, but nothing, nothing comes close to the Buckeyes. I can't even think of any other ones. Yeah, that's 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 pretty chalk right there. I, a good pull on the Florida State. I forgot about them. They do have an awesome one. Uh, I also thought you were going to say you were really jealous of your teammates there who uh, got the the helmet <laughs> stickers instead of the other teams. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish you'd gone with. Speaking of losses, I think Florida State does the tomahawk. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Subtle jab at our Florida State listeners there. <laughs> all all 50 of them. A big Florida State audience. I'm sorry, sorry. for your loss to Jacksonville State. You got to play prevent defense. You can't play sorry. cover one. Sorry, I'm not sorry, Seminole Nation. Keep the ball in front of you. <laughs> I think they did. They just didn't keep the tackler from not getting behind or the, the receiver. Well, uh, there lies right. the problem. What you got for me this week, Papa Bear? All right, I got a two-pack for you. You you took a crew chief's only trip to Richmond. Um, pretty jealous. Give us a high and a low. Right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was a, a two-pack. Uh, well, yeah, a high a and a low. Okay. No, a high and low, and then, and then I got the follow-up. Oh, okay. Uh, the high was um, obviously be uh, – so, like, a little bit of background. I went by myself. Uh, I was a guest of Brandon Built Motorsports and Brandon Brown 
So I was in the pits the whole time, watched, watched the race from the pit box. I mean, there's just so many highs that come into play there. Um, low, uh, it was a, I don't know, low was maybe a little bit high. I mean, there really wasn't a low. I mean, I'm at a NASCAR race. I'm in the pits, you know, I'm with a, a driver that we know very well who's from Virginia at a Virginia track. Dale Jr.'s running. I guess yeah. maybe the low is I didn't handshake Dale Jr. You know, maybe <laughs> <that's the low. laughs> yeah, I mean, I figured either, yeah, that or like no right proper's in the pits. It's, it's hard to come up with a low in the pits at a NASCAR race. Yeah. But speaking of Dale Jr., the follow-up question, the Scorpion and little E with a little uh, drama this week, where do you side? Do we, as the gas and go podcast have an official stance on OKG and a guy we would probably be willing to have on the show, Dale Earnhardt Jr.? <laughs> I got I to gotta go with our OKG, man. I feel like Dale Jr.'s got enough people in his corner. I mean, in any, any other instance, I'd probably be in that corner. But the Scorpion is uh, one of our favorites. We hung out with him with Pocono a little bit. Just an awesome dude. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the, the Scorpion on this one. All right. I respect that. <laughs> I I mean, on, on the track, I, I've got to agree with you. But I, I think if you want to post a double middle fingers picture coming at Dale Earnhardt Jr., it's – you're playing with fire a little bit. But, uh, I mean, knowing him, though, does. He, knowing him, though, he probably literally did it for, like, you know, the, the reaction and, like, get in the oh, publicity, you know? like he, He's, he's still stupid. laughing. It was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think there was malintent there. I mean, not at all. a little bit, but, yeah. Oh, I mean, juniors <laughs> clapped back with that uh, incredible uh, gif. That's, anyway, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Hey, Garrett, I was doing a little research over here. The Georgia Bulldogs have dog bones as helmet stickers on the back of their helmets. I'd like to change my answer. That is the number one thing. Very good. Go Aga. Very good. I, I should have prepped you with the question beforehand, and you would have had all of them ready, but that's uh, that's another good poll there. All right, well, let's, let's move it along here. But first, Dave, why don't you tell us what keeps the Gas and Go Boys fueled? Thanks, buddy. This Gas and Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise, for more than 20 years, home to guaranteed lowest pre-order prices, automatic discounts in your cart, and free upgrades to expedited shipping. All right, thanks, Papa Bear. Let's get into stage one. Someone play me in. Here we are in stage one bumper sticker awards time. Uh, I feel like it was a good bounce back week for schemes out there at Richmond. Some nice patriotic ones, some nice alternative ones. Uh, let's dive in here a little bit. I think I, I can't remember who everyone picked, so I don't have the order here. I know I picked Denny Hamlin and finished second. Did anyone have Martin Truex Jr.? No, I had Larson, I believe. I had big bad Brad. Big bad Brad. <laughs> he we wasn't big and he stage. wasn't bad. No, big, it wasn't good. So that, <laughs> that's just what his friends call him. Me and the me and the Roush Fenway boys, we you know when we tease him, that's what we call him. That's what Mrs. K calls him when uh <laughs> um all right. Anyway. Kid show, kid show. I'm I'm I got the number one pick here. Um I should have been more prepared for the number one pick. I'm going to go. Was there any like obvious chalk out there? I'm trying to remember. I don't no chalky chalk. Yeah, there were several good ones. All right, so I'm going to go with um, someone that Ryan, he always likes these ones. Uh, the number 12, Ryan Blaney, advanced auto parts scheme. A uh, couple things I don't like about this scheme is it's a little too Rusty Wallace-ish for me. Great call. 
I do love the colors. I think they did a really good job. Uh, I do like advanced auto parts, like the sort of logo they had there with the flag and everything on the on the upper quarter panel. So yeah, it just it was a good looking car. Yellow rims, of course. Uh, Ryan, I uh, speaking of being at the track, Brandon Brown's pit was next to Austin Cedric's on Saturday, and Ooh, all the, the painted all rims. The, yeah, all the white rims oh, were sitting man. there. I actually said something to one of the guys. I was like, "You guys, you guys got the best rims in NASCAR." He's like, "Oh yeah, we know." <laughs> uh, Goes without saying, for sure. Yeah, I feel like anytime you can put a checkered flag on a race car, it's it's a it's a victory. So that being in an, it advances logo, like you said. Yeah. So wait, where right. do you stand? Advanced Auto Parts versus Napa. What, what, who do you think has the better logo and schemes week in and week out? Well, Advanced Auto Parts isn't on as much as Napa. I know, I know, I know. Napa's on there a ton, but. If you I mean, had to pick it, one, if advanced auto parts, parts was running this every week, it'd be tough to beat. All right. Fair. We still love you though. Tim Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying I, I would go there for my parts. I'm just talking paint. Scheme. We're talking paint We're, here. Just strictly, talking paint. strictly paint. All right. Yep. All right. All right. Dave, you look like you're good. You're ready to go. I guess you're next. All right. I'm uh I'm going, I don't, I don't think you guys are consider this chalk, but I'm pretty excited to pick. To put the Daves.com, I should say, on the Josh Balicki Chesterfield Auto Parts Richmond Fire Department number 52 Ford Mustang. Uh, as a kid from Chesterfield County, seeing Chesterfield Auto Parts on the hood, very, very cool. Um, and the fact that they use this um, to like support an event that generated revenue for the fire department in Richmond, also very cool. Cap that off with the fact that if you put some flashing lights on the top of Josh Balicki's 52 machine, it could go put out a fire. And uh, you've got the recipe for a great looking race car. So I'll put the Daves.com on that for sure. Good call. I didn't really notice how much it kind of looked like a fire truck there. Uh, so yeah, they did a sweet job on that like, thing. And they've got, you know, the 911 on the back, which yeah. obviously uh, paying homage, never forget, but also 911, I do believe, is on fire truck. I mean, it's just like they, they've, <laughs> they've thought of every detail, they crossed every eye dotted every t I, I do remember seeing that thing uh getting lapped several times there so it got some good tv time as well absolutely shout that's out where the, that's where the value is parts. Yep. <laughs> they know I, didn't, I didn't mean that as much of a dig as it probably was <laughs> it was a pit strategy or something that's why yeah. they're always caught behind uh everybody was a lap down in that damn yeah. race all right ryan <laughs> all right i got four i'll rip through them quickly i think bj oh, mcleod whoa. had the best patriotic paint scheme the number 78 car and then the number 43, Eric Jones, I think our guy there did a great job on that paint scheme. But it wouldn't be me if there's a NOS energy car in the state of Virginia that's near Blacksburg that I can't shout out my guy, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I love NOS energy. It, you know, got me through school. And then uh, my dark horse, uh, I lost it. Oh, the fat boy, the fat boy, number 53, shout out spot, uh, spotter cons. He loved that car. Yeah, the fat boy was back. That was uh, two delicious looking ice cream sandwiches there on the uh, side. Yep. Just a couple nice looking mini desserts right there for you. I liked, uh, actually like Briscoe's car this week uh, with the com- the red Cummins on the hood and then kind of fade to black with rush truck centers on the back. Uh, hashtag thank a trucker. Um, made it, you know, stuck up for the truckers last week. Where, who would I be if I didn't also dig the hashtag thank a trucker? So I thought that was a good looking car. Yeah, that one was sweet. I noticed that one and I didn't really know. I'll, uh, I think I saw in one of the angles where they were, doing hood shots and i saw the big red cummins hood and i didn't know who it was because i couldn't see the numbers but yeah that one that one did look good in terms of favorite patriotic for me it was actually this one it's painful for me to admit this eric almarola's car 
red, white, and blue, lots of design on the side. Uh, Smithfield owned it, but got never forget on the side. Uh, looks really nice. And yep. I guess we're going to keep seeing playoff stripes on Eric Almarola machines. So woohoo. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Nobody deserves it more. I got to I got to say, I, I think I've said this before, but the, the, the Chase Elliott Kelly blue book uh, paint scheme is one of my favorite Chase Elliott schemes. I, I just think it looks, I just think it looks good. It's got nice shiny gold there. Good action. Again, I don't know who still uses Kelly blue books, but I'm sure that's a Hendrick type deal for the Hendrick cars.com. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they have a very uh, extensive website. Yeah. That, that yeah. they have to use. What happened to the bacon car? I feel like we saw a better bacon car. This is Ryan Newman's car. The number six, obviously earlier in the season and i don't know what this brown uh monstrosity is what happened i kind of oh come on it It doesn't look like bacon yeah it was too clip arty bacon for me i just get a nice give me the real bacon bacon. nice crisp yeah nice crisp piece on the side a hundred pink circles on last week that that was baloney (laughs) and you're all for it but put some digitized bacon on there and you cannot abide Baloney, baloney's brand is to be a little you know a little wacky a little quirky bacon is a bacon give me the bacon are you guys crisp bacon guys or like you know the what i consider like the kind of soggy bacon soggy (laughs) what are we doing here there's a place for each of them i think if it's on the side next to pancakes a little chewier if if i'm going to blt if i'm going to sandwich give me the crispy stuff hmm See, for me, it's like a, it's a, what is spectrum? Like, give me, you know, like a three and a half or four, if we're going on a five point spectrum. Um, I don't want it breaking my teeth, but absolutely. I want more crunch than chew. That's one, that's one tough piece of bacon. If it's breaking your teeth. <laughs> uh, the Kelly blue book scheme, by the way, is okay. I think if it was a Pinsky car and you could put gold rims on it, that could really pop for me. Always comes back to gold rims for Dave. It does. It just, it really does. Have we told the story about why you like gold rims? Nah, we don't necessarily have to. Oh, wait, it's because he used to have a car with gold rims, but <laughs> other you than know, that. <laughs> classic 1993 with BBS gold wheels. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. I think it was hot in Blacksburg, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's... Are keeping the ladies out of that, probably. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, I'm not going to ask you to tee me up because I unfortunately forgot to post for social media input this week. So, my bad. Things yeah, are we, we can take a couple of guesses. Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott. Yeah. All, all I was going to say, we already, we already covered the, the top two bases there. Yeah. Don't forget Austin Dillon, Roland. What is Roland? Is that photography? Is that like film? I don't know. It looked decent for a Dillon car, though. Yeah. I assumed it was some fishing brand that you guys were going to mock me if I brought it up and didn't know what it was. Shout out Hook. Hook. <laughs> BMoose.org, always glad to see them back. I w- they're not listening, apparently, because the back half of the moose did not make it on the front half of the car. Shout out the Moose Club. All right, let's get into stage two, get an update on everything going on in NASCAR. And for that, we throw it over to our Gas and Go news correspondent, Ryan Rhino. Over to you. Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino, and this is your stage two Gas and Go news. The reports coming out of the next gen test of Daytona from this last week was that the cars may be too hot with the exhaust system working to the side of the cars. Dave, can you put your engineering hat on for us and let us know if this is going to be a big deal next year? I believe it was you who said that a sample size of one was not good for an experiment. The story I read had exactly one person contributing, Mr. Denny Hamlin. And I know one thing, race cars are hot, water is wet, and Denny Hamlin loves to complain. 
rumors were swirling over the weekend that Ford odd man out Matty D would be heading to college racing next year in the Xfinity program. Garrett, Matty D turned down these rumors, but it would be a great fit, right? I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like what they're doing there with Justin Haley and switching up the other car. Although, I, I mean, I like I like new people. And, I, you know, if A.J. Allmendinger gets a shot again, I think uh, that'd be fun as well. A little light on news this week, but our good friend Adam Stern reported that the 2022 NASCAR schedule would be released any day now. So I got two questions for each of you. Dave, the road course king, would you rather go to every single road course next year, sit wherever you want, and your VIP, or go to the Daytona 500 and have an obstructed view? Wow. I'm going to the 500 because road courses are hot garbage. I hope my obstructed view is from a pontoon boat in the infield. All right, Garrett, would you rather go back and run the RV crew to a non-double header at Pocono or go with yours truly to the Miami Formula One race? Oh, dude, this, that's, that's not even a, like, come on. I thought you were going to make it hard. Pocono all day, man. But only one cup race. It's one more than uh, getting in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your stage two gas and go news. I'm Rhino Garrett. Back to you. Little little cleanup on the Matty D, if I may. Clean it up. What was that a rumor? Did Maddie to D the Xfinity to... program? Xfinity program, not not the Cup car. But I didn't see that rumor. All I saw was Maddie D tweet. Everyone, stop texting me. This isn't a thing. Don't worry. Is that like him trying to create buzz about? Is he trying to incept this deal? You're that... just not connected in the same circles that I am because I, I was I'm... I was getting texts all weekend. I was fielding calls. We were trying to figure it all out, but no, it's not going to happen. All right. Yep. <laughs> just letting you know clean that up that's why you're, that's why you're the news guy what are the other uh what are the other scheduling rumors out there anything hot ryan that we need to know about well i think i think going to gateway is going to be a big one another market there into st louis the midwest so that that could be a big deal taking away the pocono one for it though right or yeah it seems like one there. one of pocono is going to be on the way out as long as they keep the schedule condensed and we get an arca race an xfinity race a truck race i mean it's still a great Deal. You didn't care who was on the track as long as cars are going buzzing. So Absolutely. maybe double an Xfinity race, double up the trucks. I, I don't know. Yeah. We still make it a good weekend. Arca truck Saturday or Arca Xfinity Saturday, trucks cup Sunday. I, I, I'm in. Absolutely. Same amount of right turns this year or are we uh, getting rid of some of those? I think we're going to be having the same amount of road courses, but maybe different ones. Hopefully not the Daytona road course. That, that, was, that was awful, but it seems like we're going back to Coda. All right, well, let's move it along here. Uh, Ryan, uh, I, I know there are five good seconds to talk about because it seemed like there was some crazy action. Just lay it on us. Ready? Go. Hamilton and Verstappen collide and take each other out. Danny Rick gets his first win since his days at Red Bull. All right. Hot. Hot. And crazy. There. Crazy. <laughs> I hate when those five seconds leave me with questions that I want to inevitably never ask. So I'm going to ask one question, and it's only because it's related to Dale Earnhardt. Is the guy that won the big Dale Earnhardt yes. fan? All right, because yep, I saw the guy. He, his number three, and he had a bet with the CEO of McLaren, who has an old Dale Earnhardt car, that if he won a race this year, he would get to drive that. So yeah. if I had 10 seconds, 15 seconds, I could have explained that story in there, but instead I'm telling it now. That was the video I saw of the dude revving the uh, old Wrangler number three. That was uh, a nice-looking car. <laughs> Very was- nice. Very nice. That's pretty awesome. All right, let's get into stage three. But Dave, first, why don't you give us the latest with Racing USA? Yes, sir. Let's tell our listeners that this Gas & Go podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com. 
America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecast apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's Richmond race winner, future Hall of Famer Martin Truex Jr. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. Items in your cart are automatically discounted. You can upgrade your orders to expedited shipping at no additional cost. You're guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices. In-stock orders are shipped the next business day. You can select from a wide assortment of driver, die-cast apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. You're doing business with an independent company that has stood the test of time for more than 20 years. Of course, you can enter at RacingUSA.com for this month's $200 gift card giveaway. Why would you not shop RacingUSA.com? Whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Don't forget to tell them the Gas and Go Boys sent you. Garrett, back to you. All right. Thanks, Dave. Let's get into stage three. DW, play us in. Boogity, boogity, boogity. All right, we're in stage three, and guess what, everybody? Two Truths and a Lie is back after Let's go. a week off. The, the email inbox was overflowing with demand <laughs> to bring it back. I, I'm surprised. Like, if we hadn't brought it back, I think this, the show would be over. Based on the, I was getting stopped thing. on the streets. People, <laughs> Rhino, Rhino, you got to bring it back. You got to get to Garrett. He, he has to have the time to do it. We are, we are men of the people, and so we are going to bring it back. And I am. Getting in it here. Remember, three facts, two truths, one lie. Uh, the boys will sniff it out. Fact number one, Martin Truex leads a top three finish for Joe Gibbs Racing in the first race of the playoffs. Fact number two, Denny Hamlin has led 404 of 800 laps this year at Richmond, but only has two second-place finishes to show for it. Fact number three, Ryan Blaney gets higher above the playoff cut line, avoiding the five-pound lead police at Richmond and scoring his first ever top 10 at the track. What do you guys got? <laughs> this is a tough Wait, look, Garrett. Did you, did you intentionally the first say that this again. is the first playoff race? Come on, you can't like catch us sleeping. We knew this was the second lie, playoff yeah. race. Yeah, come on. Number one, without a doubt. Yeah, Gibbs did sweep, but this is number two. Okay, maybe I thought you guys might have some questions about the uh, 404 out of 800 laps. Well, feels plausible. <laughs> might have more than one lie this week. No, that's the 404 out of 800 is true. All right, so here's the honest answer. I think I wrote that the first race of the playoffs is a typo. That meant to say second race because they were all going to be truths. So I was really going to like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was really going to screw guy. you guys. I was like, wait, these aren't. What a disaster. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I guess fact one was the lie because this is the second race of the playoffs. Denny Hamlin has led over half the laps at Richmond this year, but has two second place finishes. And Ryan Blaney, first ever top 10 at Richmond. That's hard to believe. Why? That he did it without five pounds of extra lead in the car? or <laughs> <laughs> That he hasn't finished higher than that before. That's <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's just not his track. Guess not. All right, well, let's dive into it a little bit here. Martin Truex Jr., sure-fied, bona fide, no doubt about it. I mean, the first ballot Hall of Famer wins Richmond to solidify his spot in the second round. Probably was going to be there anyway. Uh, 
was dominating at the beginning, then had that little pit issue, came back and finished it off strong when Denny uh, was not able to capitalize and get out on pit road before him. So thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, just first of all, that I agree with you, of course, that Martin Truex Jr. is a lock for the Hall of Fame. It, I don't know if they're enshrined with hats. Are we, We're assuming that he's going in with the 19. Is that the... At this point... Probably, yeah. I mean, Ryan's shaking his head because he's such a 78 homer with Cole. That's where the championship is. (laughs) I just don't want there to be 20% of the racers currently out there to be Hall of Famers. That's just my preference. He's a great driver. He'd be in my Hall of Very Good, but he's not going to the Rhino Hall of Fame. I I understand he will probably go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, but those two things are separate. Which one gets more visitors there, Rhino? We We have a great list of visitors we get exhibits in every now and then you know you might want to take a trip up here it's a good time i feel like did brian vickers come on the scene around the same time as martin truex jr <laughs> yeah, a well, brian vickers shout out from I, the clouds like every time i think about truex in the one i think about vickers in that what 25 car yeah the gmac car <laughs> i cannot help but think like if we had made a bet then who would have the better career let me tell you who's not even in the hall of very good it's mr brian <laughs> vickers with all due respect um, a lot of a lot of buzz way back when. I mean, they they, uh, they said I think Truex is now maybe one win behind Dale Jarrett or something. Like the guy is, is up there in in every statistical category. I mean, he's checked all the boxes, and I think he could he could absolutely win another championship this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like okay, Gibbs finishes top three. Should have been probably top four with the way they were running there at the end for a while. Yeah, Kyle. If Kyle wasn't speeding on pit road, all of a sudden. Yeah, and you get the the four, you know, top four like Hendrick said earlier this year. And golly, it's been kind of a shift of a uh, who we thought was going to dominate and who might struggle. I mean, Gibbs was always going to be good, but seems like those guys are here to I party. It's going to be this good. Yeah, and same package this week, right? As Richmond. I mean, I. I don't know why you would bet on anyone but a Gibbs car in Bristol. Yeah, and then with Phoenix also being a 750 race, Martinsville is also a 750 race. Like, it's all kind of, you know, looking good for the JGR cars. Martin Truex Jr. should have won last week at Darlington if he didn't have the pit issue, too. So, the man the man is hot. He should. I don't know if you would still install Kyle Larson or Martin Truex Jr. as the championship favorite. I'd have him right there, 1A, 1B, but it seems like JGR might have the better teammates going to the end, and that, that could make a difference. Yeah, we always sort of talk about how Richmond uh, is in Martinsville kind of, a, not as much maybe, are sort of a barometer there for what guys are going to look like at Phoenix because of the package and, and track type. And Truex, again, who's already won at Phoenix this year, uh, is looking like poised that if he can get there, and with another track, Martinsville, in the in the final eight, a track that he runs really well at, um, could be a guy to contend with for sure. I mean, and it's kind of kind of crazy how he didn't get in last year. Now that I think about it, you know, I guess they had kind of a down year there, but the nineteen team, the nineteen team did, but he's looking good. So we'll see. Um, and good point about teammates, right? I know, right? I mean, I, I think you look at a guy like Larson; he might lose two of his teammates to the cut line this week. Now it's not like they don't run on the track. Um, but I think we've seen in the past years, as you fall off out of the playoffs, you tend to fall off in track position too. I don't know if it's a respect thing or what, uh, or maybe that just, and, you know, if you're giving your, the, your cars with the better, your cars that are in the playoffs are getting the better gear. I don't know what it is. Um, 
But if you're in the playoffs, you got a better shot at running high in a race. And I think that add to that with next year going to the next gen car, is Alex Bowman really going to be gearing up for Martinsville in an old car that he's never going to run again? Or is he going to be kind of looking towards next year, maybe getting the sim a little bit more, work towards the next gen car? Like how much help is he going to be if he's not in the playoffs anymore? More so than normal years of just kind of checking out and not really part of the playoffs. But no, I agree, especially when you're talking about a track. You know, you've got to be focused all the time. You've got it in every mark. So yeah, it's a very good point to take that mental load. You've got to got to have something at stake. All right. If you guys, okay, we got four people, you know, here below the cut line going into the cutoff race, Alex Bowman, Tyler Reddick, William Byron, Michael McDowell. If you could swap one of those guys with someone above the cut line, who, who are you swapping? I want, I want Byron in and I want Almarola out. I've been pretty transparent about that. Okay. I know your personal feelings about the situation. Uh, I misunderstood the question there. Smithfield Bacon was going to sponsor this podcast, Dave. I had them all lined up and then now you're just, you know, crapping on Bacon, crapping on AA. I love Bacon. He posted another picture this weekend (laughs) with his grill that I'm convinced has never had fire inside it. There is a terrible commercial on Sirius XM with Eric Almarola and Smithfield. I mean, it is so bad. Like I would be embarrassed to run it if I were Smithfield, but anyway, so Dave, that is that your uh, personal and professional opinion there? So I guess you're saying like, if someone's actually going to pull it off, I don't see it happening. I, I think if it's going to happen, Reddick probably has the best shot at Bristol. Wow. I think yeah. his, his lack of, I think the way he drives the, uh, no cares given way he drives could sneak him above maybe an Amarola. I don't think he's, I don't think, I mean, you look at Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush, 10th and 12th. Those are guys that just have stacks and stacks of wins at Bristol. You're not, you're not making up enough points on those guys. Do you um, love where Kyle Bush's head is kind of at right now? I mean, you know, he had a decent race at Richmond, but Darlington running over those poor cones. I'm just, I'm a little, you know, Bristol, the last great Coliseum, a little banging and bumping a non-playoff guy getting his way, a guy in the 50s, maybe, perhaps, taking them <laughs> out. I, I, I don't I'm know. Not, I'm just nervous, nervous about Kyle Bush. Pump the brakes on Kyle Bush. I don't get first pick, so I'm not going to, no, no spoilers, but I'm not nervous about Kyle Bush heading into Bristol, a track that no one has been more dominant at, on a team that no one's been more dominant in this first stretch of playoffs, so... I agree, but only an only eight point cushion, you know, that one stage that he doesn't finish in the points. Maybe a couple of these guys do, you know, he's right out. All right, Ryan, well, give us, give us your swap. Well, no, I would also go Eric Almarola for <laughs> William Byron. That, that was a great pick by Dave. I'm just, you know, providing a little, uh, a little fodder here, but yeah, I, I don't trust AA at the short track might get behind a pit cycle or something. And Willie Beast had such a great year. You would kind of hate for it to end in this first round. So yeah. I'm really got, what, 21 points, 21 points separate him and Almarola. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, a lot order. of points to make you, up. You gotta have some good stage finishes and a top five yep. for sure. He's that's got to put more it all points together. Than you think. Yeah. I mean, cause you got to expect Kurt Bush barring any incidents is going to be top 10, right? Like the Ganassi cars are just all of a sudden rocket ships and Kurt Bush, well, like you said, Dave runs really well at Bristol. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if he hadn't, if he hadn't crashed early and finished 40th or whatever last place was last week, um, then the gap is not as narrow as it is. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Actually, he was running like first when he crashed. <laughs> he was in that, first place. That, and that, that's what I'm trying to say is like without, he would be much higher in the standings. I don't, I, I think he's there accidentally. That's the kind of analysis you come to the gas and go podcast for folks <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yes, I agree with you, Dave. But <laughs> so nobody's got McDowell getting in. Uh, he's he's next on my list behind uh, uh, Tyler Reddick getting in over Almirola. But so fifteenth and sixteenth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, he made it the playoffs. Got it. Yeah, you won the great. Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah. You got some extra sponsorship. You should. You had a great season, but you know your time is done. But he'll be starting in the top sixteen for. Uh, every race till from now to the end of the year. So good for him. <laughs> Do you guys see any scenario where more than one of these guys gets in? I I don't. It's going to have to be a, sure. uh, an accident. Like, I guess maybe, I don't know, Chris Bell 17 above. I don't see Kezo getting in too much crap. He runs well at Bristol. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, re- it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yep. Completely agree. Yep. And let's not forget, I had Alex Bowman going out in the first round of my. Let's let's forget that. I'm excited to be watching the live standings. I like watching, you know, as they currently run, who's in, who's out, what the point differences are. I think NBC's been doing a great job of that throughout the playoffs. So can't wait for that Saturday night. Who's going to have a better grasp, you or Jeff Burton, in real time? Grasp? Yeah, of the of the current playoff scenario. Oh, definitely me. Absolutely. I still can't get out of my head the Indy Road course when he's calling them down and. And Chase Briscoe is going to win stage one. And then, you know, Rick Allen, we got one more lap here. That was just, <laughs> I should have clipped that. That was a, uh, that was incredible television. Yeah. Let's find that. That'll be our, like uh, our intro. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Ganassi cars, I already mentioned the rocket ship. Ross Chastain is going to spoil somebody's party out there, man. He's running so well the last couple of weeks. Again, the only guy not in the playoffs for a top 10, um, yep. Just, but, and you know, the way he races, like he's not going to care and he's not going to get out of the way. So I, I feel like only two guys, one of only two guys in the top 15, not in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the other, which might surprise you, Austin Dillon. I, yeah. I noticed that. I noticed that. You think Suarez is nervous for next year? You know, he was kind of the track house driver now, but Ross Chastain coming in next year, he, he's looking like a tier one, a potential kind of driver right now. I mean, if they got the same cars as next year, I don't think Suarez is nervous at all. He's probably like, give me one of them cars. <laughs> I want to go fast too. I mean, theoretically, he's in an RCR car now, which has a playoff driver. So he should already be in one of those A cars, but we'll see. Yeah. Do we just know what seems like, is doing? Just Sorry. seems like one of those RCR cars gets more resources than the other. I, I can't <laughs> figure out which one it is, but... <laughs> Must be the one in the playoffs. I assume that's your implication. You would think he was the highest finishing RCR car, right? <laughs> oh, oh, he wasn't. <laughs> Dave, I believe RCR is returning Tyler Reddick and the grandson next year. I believe, but just two cars. They're not because they're leasing one of their charters. No, is that where? Yeah, I think one of them they got out or they sold. But yeah, just the three and the eight. Yeah, I think they only have two charters. We'll check the charter map later. Well, that'll be clean up for next week for sure. Charter charters don't matter. <laughs> Pencil that in for stage one. Little charter talk. Little charter talk. All right. Um, I can't wait for Bristol Night Race, man. It's my favorite favorite race of the year. Besides, I guess maybe Daytona 500. But... Before we get out off of Richmond, uh, yeah. too long, not long enough. Where where did we stand on that? Good pacing. I had my eyes on college football, the quad box going, so I was in the BTV. So it wasn't bothering me too much. But where do you guys stand? It was stage two was rough. I'll admit, <laughs> stage two was rough. I, you know, I find myself sorry go ahead Garrett no I was gonna say stage one had some action had some some cautions stage three I mean well final stage whatever you want to call it is 
even though there was a lot of green flag, there's there's still a lot of strategy and, and racing going on. Stage two just just was kind of long. I find myself somewhere in between a, like a real race fan and just a complete and total rube when I watch a race like this, because it's not that I want action. It's not that I want banging, but when you don't get enough restarts that you only have nine cars on the lead lap, I think you just lose some of the intrigue. Um, so, you know, I see a guy like, like Jeb Burton tweeting, right? Like losing tires. This is short track racing. Fans don't know what they want. And I think he's right. Fans don't know what they want. I don't know what I want, but I'll know it when I see it. And I don't know that this was the entertainment that you want from a Richmond race. You know who loved this race? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Weaver loved this race. <laughs> this was a Matt Weaver race. This this was a true racing strategy, tire. You know, it's kind of frustrating. And I think I saw some some social media comments about this. They don't show all the good racing. They show the top two, three cars, even if they're not really racing, right? Right. They should they should try to show some more of the actual passing that's going on there because I think there was a lot of it. And I, I mean, I noticed that with the Xfinity race, especially because when you're in the pit box, they have the, the right race broadcast there. Uh, so you can watch that, but also, you know, look out and see the, the cars. No big the deal. Yeah. And when you're uh, sipping on your premium cocktail and, you know, people are hey, bringing you snacks and no booze in the pit. Area. Uncrustables. Oh, sure. Yeah. There yep. were some Uncrustables going around, actually. <laughs> Uh, but there was like so much good, like awesome racing going on during that race. Uh, I just felt like it probably wasn't highlighted as much as it should have been. And to your point, right? Not just showing it, but if you've got a booth with, with these former talented drivers, let them explain it to us a little bit. Like we can see who's running where, tell us why somebody's fallen off and why it matters. And, um, I mean, I feel like they give us kind of the, the, the high broad strokes, right? They're trying to save a pit stop. Okay. Um, he took two and this is why, but like, give us the why, give us what that feels like inside the race car and, and how it can play out a little more insight. I mean, we can see where they're running. We don't necessarily, I've never driven a race car at Richmond, so I don't know what it feels like necessarily. Yeah. I think for, for anybody that's watching NASCAR race, you sort of get what's going on, right? You don't really need a lot of that filler, but more right. of, yeah, I think Dale Jr. is pretty good at doing that. Uh, sort of giving you a little bit of that perspective, and but yeah, more of it would be fun for sure. When you have like eight guys on the broadcast, it's yeah. kind of hard to get into a little bit of nuance and you know, kind of talk before Jeff Burns trying to speak over you real quick. Yeah, but what's the point of having all these guys who drove race cars if they don't talk about? I know, but they're just talking to talk and talking over each other. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream next, and let's go here, and let's do that, and you know, what's our next sponsor segment, and let's go side by side. Oh, we're going to commercial. Like it's just all over the place. Like it'd just be nice to watch a battle for like five laps, ten laps, and just kind of see how the guys set each other up. There it is, sponsored segment. We'll go with what's up with Dale Jr. Sponsored <laughs> by Budweiser, where he rides around with somebody for like three or four laps on half the screen and tells us what's going on. Yeah, heat of the moment. Yeah, I'm getting. Uh, he, he's getting too low in turn two. He's locking up the or you know whatever the lingo is. I, I'm not. I've never driven a yeah, race car, exactly. but you know, yeah, that'd be cool. Or you know, here well, the, you, the laps you spun at Shenandoah Speedway. Don't don't count those out. I mean, you got a, you got some time behind the wheel. That was a race truck, not a race. Okay, car. sorry. <laughs> a truck series you, for FS1. You can cover that. But like, even like, I would love to know like the pedals. Like, right? Like. 
here's here's half in the clutch like here's like you know tapping on the brake here I'm, he's yeah. probably using his left foot for both brake and you know, like that that to me would be so intriguing to just visualize and like mentally understand kind of what's going on because another part about nascar is people don't realize how like they're doing a better job they had that whoop thing but like how strenuous it is and like clutching and you know braking on short tracks is a huge part of that yeah we don't even know what gear they're you know what i mean it's yeah. not like daytona where you're just running in fourth gear um right. so somebody misses a shift on a on a restart um you know they talk about spinning the tires what does that what does that mean so yeah. got NBC's great listening. ideas we know that so yep <laughs> <laughs> maybe us three in the booth next week all right <laughs> We'll be sure to ask all the right questions. <laughs> One driver. Yeah, that's all we need. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, I think we got to wrap it up here, actually. Um, Gas and Go OKG of the week. And go back to back, right? Got to go yeah, back, to back, back to back. For back to back wins, back to back OKGs of the week. Noah Gregson, baby. Uh, that was cool being at the race, seeing him win. And, uh, you know, I was thinking today earlier again, like, Noah rubs people the wrong way. And, I understand why, but he is just, whether you like him or not, you have to understand how good he is for the sport. And like, I think how much he understands the sport, right? Like when he got out of that car and won, he wasn't about himself. He wasn't like, oh yeah, like I'm the greatest. He was like, you know, it's not about me today. You know, here we are on 9-11. The kid was like two when 9-11 happened, you know, one. And like, those were his opening remarks and for someone in his age to be like so heady after a big win to to be cognizant enough to like that's that's what he wanted to talk about just i think showed a lot about him to me um you know and of course i'm gonna root for him he, you know one of our first guests on this show and took the time to hang out with us so i i think there's big things in his future he's an I electric he personality just got to clean up when things don't go as well yeah. Emmerich in the pit lane, David Starr in Miami. Just got to clean those up a little bit, but I love, but you don't get the good without the bad. Right. So yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take the two, but I think he's intentionally misunderstood. I mean, he yeah. wants to have that, that, that gruff, I guess, attitude that, but we're talking about a guy who, in addition to what you just said with his commentary, donated his hundred thousand dollar check to his pit crew in, in, in its entirety. Um, so it's definitely a guy who cares about his team, cares about his, he cares about his fans a ton. I mean, he interacts with them all the time on social media. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Can I give an honorary OKG of the week? Why not? We talk about Chris Rice a lot, but like I was having one of those Mondays today and just not in a good mood. And I see this picture Chris Rice treated of himself just with the biggest grin on his face. He says, if you're not smiling, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I'm doing it very wrong today, but I love <laughs> the fact uh, that Chris Rice is trying to get people to do it right. It's good yep. stuff. I, I I didn't talk to him at the, the race on Saturday, but I saw him and always a smile on his face. So uh, I did follow Matt colleague out of the porta potty though. Did, we didn't, we didn't exchange words, but uh, yeah, that was, that was my interaction. Any, with any other high, pro, high profile <laughs> run-ins uh, near the porta potties? Uh, no, not the porta potties. Saw our boy JP Kelly for a while. Talked with, talked with him. You know, they had Josh Barry on the driving the, the 30, 31. Yeah. He was doing the 31 pits in the Xfinity race. Um, and they were right next to Dale jr's pit box. So he was pretty jacked about that. Uh, yeah. Just saw the, the other sure all the listeners want to know how do the VIP experiences compare to Pocono in Richmond? If uh, anyone wants to get in on that, uh, being in the pits is pretty similar. Richmond's a little bit more condensed. Um, I didn't go in the garage area, so I, I not that I couldn't have, I just 
I didn't for some reason. I, <laughs> I went straight to the pit box. It, Let's yeah. be clear. I could right. have if I'd wanted to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, it's, it's pretty similar. You know, both do a very good job. Both both very uh, fan friendly and, and they know what they're doing and they, they know how to make it right for the fans. So it was cool. Um, all right. Let's get into predictions. Bristol, like I was saying, my favorite race, the night race. We are going in same order, so I guess I'm first. And dang, I should have, again, probably had someone to win. I'm going to go with a guy who I've picked a couple times here who I think has won at Bristol, at least won the all-star race there last year. So I'm going Chase Elliott again. Solid pick. I'm going back to back to the well and Kyle Busch, guy who's won there a ton of times. Guy's teammates keep winning races. Why not the 18? Rhino? Uh, they had dirt on it in the spring. They brushed it off. I don't think they're running the PJ1, maybe the resin. So give me the, the Wiley vet. Give me Denny Hamlin. Oh, oh. Denny. Yep. Um, this is going to be a call to action for our friend Jane. Jane, you need to go back and look at Dave's predictions and see the percentage of Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick picks versus every other driver. <laughs> uh, we, need, we need a full breakdown there because uh, I'm thinking it's over 50%. Something about a blind squirrel. <laughs> I didn't know Dave was such a big M&M's guy before we uh, started this podcast, but, you know, a, a big Kyle Busch fan, it seems. You don't he have to be a fan. <laughs> he can't get him out of his head, man. He just he loves he loves the intensity of the of Kyle Busch. Look at the history at Bristol Motor Speedway. It's just I make intelligent picks. That guy has happens to have like a ton of wins everywhere. You do you, Dave. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it this week, everyone. Thanks as always for tuning in. Bristol Night Race on Saturday night. Can't wait to be back and break it all down. If you don't like NASCAR. Tune in to the Bristol Night Race. You'll like NASCAR. So keep grinding. We'll keep grinding right alongside of you. And we'll see you next week. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black.